0: Nuria Martinez-Keel.
1: And I'm Dale Denwalt. You're listening to The Source.
0: Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them.
1: COVID-19 rates are rising fast as Oklahoma schools get ready to reopen. We have the latest on key differences and concerns in schools this year. Joining us first is health reporter Dana Branham. Dana, are we approaching a situation where thousands of children across the state are going to be walking into schools carrying COVID with them?
2: Um, I certainly hope not. Uh, But I know that uh, more young children are testing positive for COVID, kind of compared to what we were looking at uh, in in previous months. Um, So kids are certainly not immune to catching COVID. uh, And I think that's the, the goal for, I think, everybody is that that doesn't happen.
1: Also, Nuria is is joining us because she's written about this as well. Uh, Oklahoma's legislature passed a bill this year specifically addressing whether schools can require students to wear masks or even get a COVID vaccine. Um, Tell us a little bit about that bill and what it does.
0: Yeah, so that bill is Senate Bill 658. It took effect July 1 of this year, and it basically prevents public school districts from requiring face coverings and mask wearing unless the governor issues a state of emergency or an emergency declaration for that school district's locality. And and the issue with that is that Governor Kevin Stitt has explicitly said that he does not plan on doing that. He has no plans right now on issuing an emergency declaration, which would then open the door to mask mandates in schools.
1: Right. So, uh, uh to, to basically recap, if, uh, if Oklahoma City Public Schools, if the superintendent of Oklahoma City Public Schools wants to require masks um, among students, literally by law, uh, they can't do that.
0: They cannot do that. The superintendent can't do it. The principal of the school can't do it. The teacher in the classroom can't require the students at their desks to put on a mask. It's completely up to the individual's choice.
1: Um, i cannot whether i'm a teacher in a classroom a principal in a building i cannot mandate a mask uh, on district property and so um, again you know that we hear a lot about personal responsibility and people feel differently about this and we acknowledge that all we're saying is if you wear a mask and if you get vaccinated and if you quarantine at the appropriate time it gives us a better chance of staying in school and keeping people healthy that's it Got it. And Dana, do we know how many children are vaccinated? Uh, I know that not every kid can get the vaccine. It's only approved for certain ages, right?
2: Right. So, um, yeah, the vaccine, uh, there's only one of the manufacturers that's available for kids uh, 12 and older, and that's the Pfizer vaccine. Um, so that's that's leaving out anyone younger than 12. is not eligible yet. Um, I know that Oklahoma is behind a little bit in the, the portion of those uh, adolescents who are eligible. Um, the last I saw, I think that number is maybe uh, 14, 15 percent. It's in that range. Um, So not a huge number of those uh, kids have have been vaccinated. It's actually 18
0: percent when you factor in the federal allocation of vaccine doses. But the national average is 32 percent of that age 12 to 17 uh, age group. Uh, So Oklahoma is really, really lagging far behind in that.
1: Tell me about the protocol in schools right now. The uh, state superintendent, I believe, is, has come out and said that masks are strongly encouraged. Obviously, she doesn't have the power to say that schools should do this. Um, what happens when, or if there's an outbreak or a confirmed exposure, and w- what are any of the other protocols that uh, that a parent might find their kid walking into?
0: Yeah, I mean. Isolations are going to continue. Anybody who tests positive for COVID-19 is going to have to have a period of isolation. Uh, They're going to continue to reach out to anyone who's exposed to an individual who tests positive um, and asking them to go ahead and quarantine. Um, Now, the difference here is if you are exposed in a school environment and you have been vaccinated, then you may not need to quarantine. OKCPS says that you will not have to quarantine in that case. So there is a an incentive there to getting a vaccination that, um, you know, you can maybe opt out of, of some extended time away from school. Um, and, and then, you know, schools, I'm sure it, every district is a little bit different. Um, we're probably not going to see the same levels of social distancing as we did last year. That was a good thing about the A-B schedule is when you have only half the student population in in the school at a given time you can space people out more often or, or, or a, little, a little bit to a greater degree um, when everybody's back five days a week, which does appear to be the standard. When everybody's back five days a week, 100% of that student body, you really can't space things out quite as much as you could when you were split into those AB groups. Um, And and again, you know, every school's maintaining cleaning, maintaining disinfecting. They're going to continue to do the best that they can, but there has been a lot of consternation about mask wearing since that has been such a key protocol up to this point.
1: And Last year, when students were at home, parents obviously felt uh, an unbelievable amount of stress having to care for their kids and make sure that they uh, continue their education while, you know, if if the parents managed to keep their job, um, they, they had to find some way to continue working while their kids were at home. Now, you know, aside from the typical uh, worries that a parent might have about going to school and their kids facing bullying, or their kids um, actually learning what they're going to school for. Um, there, there are a lot of concerns about um, sending their kids into a situation where they might come back home with COVID. Um, you, you've talked to some parents, Nuria. Um What's the what's the concern right now?
0: Yeah, it, it's a bit of a mixed bag because. Parents, there are parents who come from this with different perspectives, um, but there are some who have become increasingly afraid to send their kids back into a school environment especially, and I think this has been the greatest concern that I've heard from parents, especially now that masks are no longer required. I think that would have alleviated some fears if mask mandates were still in place, if schools still had that as a tool in their arsenal to to help mitigate the spread of COVID-19. But now that that's really out of schools' hands and, and, uh, and every individual family gets to decide whether they want to send their kid to school with a mask on, on, whether they want to pursue a vaccine, that kind of inconsistency is a real concern for some parents. There are some who who have health concerns if, if their child is immunocompromised, and there are some families who just, you know, they kept their kid home uh, the whole year last year in virtual learning, and, and they were looking forward to sending them back with you know rates uh, as low as they were in, in May and June. And now as we're getting ready to go back and they're seeing those rates go back up again, uh, that is giving some parents pause and and making them reconsider. And especially when you think about those families uh, where the kids are still too young to be eligible for a vaccine. Now there are other parents who Said that it, it was a, a strain on their kids. It really bothered their kids to have to wear a mask day in and day out. And so, even if they're not opposed to COVID mitigation measures, it, it did bring some comfort to some families that their kid is not going to have to be wearing a mask all day because, you know, in, in their eyes, it, it took a toll on their children. Um, and and I, I spoke with one mother who just said, look, masking is not my family's priority. We think we're all healthy. If we do get COVID, we don't think it's going to be a great detriment to us. Um, Getting my kids back into full-time learning is the bigger priority for me.
1: Dana, we've seen a lot of talk about whether the Delta variant affects children more than previous strains of coronavirus. Have health experts confirmed whether that's actually true?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. That's one that's uh, been on my mind and I know a lot of other people's. Um, I talked with the chief medical officer at Oklahoma Children's Hospital last week about that very question of, is the Delta variant really making kids sicker? And he said, at least in Oklahoma for right now, that hasn't seemed to be the case. I
3: can tell you that it is much more um, transmissible Uh, Mm -hmm. and contagious than than the other variants. you become contagious more quickly than you did with the other variants and its transmissibility is, is significantly higher than the other variants. So, so we're all at risk because of that. In Oklahoma, we are, we're not seeing a large number of kids who are admitted to the hospital with it. But if you look at what's happened in Arkansas recently and Mississippi, mm-hmm. they've got a significant number of kids both in the hospital, in the ICU, on ventilators,
1: and I believe have had a couple of deaths recently in kids oh from That's the
3: Delta
0: terrible. variant. And if I might jump in there, Dana, there's been a lot of consternation about pediatric ICU beds and pediatric hospital beds being really full right now. A lot of people have attributed that to COVID-19, but you actually did a story talking about how there are other diseases out there that are circulating that are probably the bigger cause of those hospital beds filling up. Can you can you speak to that really quickly?
2: Yeah, definitely. So um, right now uh, at, at Oklahoma Children's Hospital was the the one that I've checked in with about that. They are not full of, of kids with covid right now, but they are seeing a lot of kids with RSV, which is usually a virus that um, kids get in the wintertime. But it's kind of uh, popped back up this summer just as more kids are getting back together. Um, that's something that can make kids pretty sick. And so when they're, they're of course, dealing with routine injuries and other illnesses, um, surgeries, procedures, all of those things that keep a hospital busy, but RSV is really taxing them right now.
1: So, Nuria, what about teachers? I can imagine some are hesitant about going back into the classroom, back into their job. Um, uh, and especially, you know, if, if, if they are, are someone who, you know, maybe hoped that, schools would be able to require masks Um, that, you know, they may be a little bit hesitant about going back into a place where not everyone is wearing them. Um, Tell me a little bit about um, sort of that that conflict inside teachers about going, you know, back into the classroom themselves, but worrying about their own health.
0: Yeah, similarly to parents, I think there is going to be a mixed bag in terms of what teachers think and what educators and, and school staff in general think about, you know, whether they're fearful or not about going back to school. Um, I spoke with one teacher who, who works in more public schools, and she is super enthusiastic about getting back into the classroom. Now, her, her district managed to stay in full-time five days a week in-person learning the whole school year last year. And she said that really is just so much better for the academic and, and mental health well-being of our students. And so I'm really excited to do that again. Um, I also spoke with the uh, head of Oklahoma's largest teacher union, which is the Oklahoma Education Association. She echoed that, that a lot of educators in the state are really excited to be getting back into the classroom this year. Um, and the, the, the drawback to that is the the meager rates of youth vaccinations that we're seeing like like we mentioned earlier only 18 percent are fully vaccinated in Oklahoma in that 12 to 17 age group vaccinated students are going to be a very small minority when students return in the fall fewer than 50,000 kids are vaccinated fully in Oklahoma and we have 694,000 kids enrolled in public schools in our state. So when you think of fewer than 50,000 amongst a group of almost 700,000, there are really not a whole lot of fully vaccinated kids out there. And so that does worry some teachers. That's what OEA told me. And that's why they really want to see those other layers of protection, like universal masking, like constant disinfecting, like consistent social distancing, and, and, and contact tracing and testing. Um, obviously, we, we won't see uh, universal masking, at least not right away, unless Governor Kevin Stitt changes his mind about putting in an emergency declaration. Um, but they, that's why they really emphasize those other layers of protection, because they know that vaccinations are not as common as they'd like them to be right now.
1: Well, you, you kind of answered my last question here, um, because there's there's a gap between what the CDC says you should do and what Oklahoma says schools can do. Um, basically, schools cannot follow CDC guidance. Is that right?
0: That's right. And, and Dana, you might be able to speak more on that as well. But it, it really is down to the individual. I mean, it, there's no saying that 100% of the people in a school building can't be wearing a mask, but it would be reliant upon every single person choosing to do that.
2: Yeah. So the CDC came out with these new guidelines basically saying that uh, anybody in a school, whether regardless of their vaccination status, so that that's students, teachers, visitors, staff, everybody should be wearing a mask um, when they're inside. And yeah, I mean, this this state law is is preventing schools from require, making a rule that that uh, recommendation by the CDC is followed. Um, I talked to doctors and kind of posed this question to them, and they were saying there's there's nothing that prevents a family from sending their kid to school with a mask, and there's nothing that prevents teachers from wearing masks. Um, something that they really wanted to see is the adults in the school modeling good behavior, and even parents modeling um, good behavior around masks, so making it not, uh, not something that's gonna kind of cause a kid anxiety. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to one doctor who said kind of apart from uh, vaccinations, which a lot of kids can't have yet, um, masking is the single best mitigation strategy we'd have for schools. And so, uh, yeah, they're, they're in a difficult place.
1: Well, we're, we're certainly going to talk uh, a little bit more about this specific issue and uh, and what what students themselves might experience if they walk into school with a mask or without a mask uh, when we talk to reporter Josh Delaney here in just a moment. But Dana, thank you so much for joining us and for your continued, uh, really dogged reporting in this area. And, and Nuria, my co-host here on The Source, for her, uh, her really in-depth coverage of the school system uh, during this uh, crisis that we have in Oklahoma. Thank you.
0: Reporter Josh Delaney is with us now to talk about masking in schools and the unique challenge parents are facing when they talk to their children about masks.
1: Josh, in the story that you wrote, you described a situation where someone could be a mask bully um, because this issue has, has become so politically divided. You know, we've certainly seen that out in the adult world. Do you think it'll leak onto the playground?
3: I think it will, and I think it will... Uh, be that way because that sentiment and that online, well, really that social media debate is going to trickle down to the kids. Uh, a, a mask bully, I think, can be on both sides. You can be a pro-masker who might bully somebody into who, who's not wearing one by saying, hey, do you not follow the science? Do you not believe in uh, medical research? Do you not care for your uh, fellow students, or you could be an uh, an anti-mask bully. Uh, what, you know, what, what, uh, uh, why are you wearing that mask? Are you afraid you're going to catch something? Um, you know, if if you're vaccinated, why do you need one? Uh, I, I, I could see those things happening uh, on on the on the playground as the 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 arguments of the adults have filtered down to the kids who are hearing these conversations in in living rooms and elsewhere.
1: And and just to follow up, you know, we, in, in our earl- earlier segment, we were talking about um, the requirement of masks, and ultimately it is an individual r- responsibility. Um, and when you're thinking about kids, you think, oh, the, the individual responsibility is on the parents sending their kids to school with a mask. But when the first bell rings who's going to enforce the parents mask mandate is it is it going to be at the teachers because from what i understand you know no one who works at the school is able to tell a kid to put their mask on and so if a parent sends their kid to a school the student rips it off as soon as they walk in the door um that's essentially the student's choice right
3: it it is i i Uh, parents perhaps sending a note or an email uh, to uh, the teachers or the or the administrators asking them to make sure that 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 child their child has the mask on um, but yeah is it really enforceable i i don't think so
1: in your story you mentioned a few schools like edmond and uh, private schools in, in oklahoma that have seen kids over the summer during summer school some wear masks Others don't. What's been the experience of those schools when it comes to pressure that the students face from their peers?
3: Well, in in uh, Edmond, in, in particular, uh, they they told me that um, they they had the summer session, and some were mar- wearing masks, and some were not, and they didn't uh, have any reported issues of bullying or teasing or harassment now uh each of the the school districts that I reached out to, including the archdiocese uh, they said that um, this would f- that kind of behavior would fall under the uh already codified uh student code of uh of conduct It would fall under general bullying or general uh Harass. harassment issues yeah they're not going to reinvent the wheel and come up with a uh you know, a mask ordinance for the schools uh, related to to harassment.
0: And there are some families against mask wearing. What did those folks have to say about why they don't support mask mandates in schools?
3: Well, they, um, they said that they want the freedom to mask or to not mask. N- not necessarily that they are against the masks themselves, but they would say, what about the case of a child who... Uh, might have a hard time breathing with a mask or who might feel anxious if they're really young, uh, feeling anxiety over wearing a mask or even feeling uh, claustrophobic. Uh, So they said they they just don't want it uh, that to be imposed on them because of uh, those reasons. You know, I spoke to one person who said, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've had my child vaccinated. I just don't want them uh, forcing. Uh, masks onto, you know, students.
1: Now, you talked uh, also with a family therapist who gave their expert opinion on how to approach these conversations. Um, uh, who'd you talk to and what What did they have to say about, uh, about this situation?
3: Yeah, that was uh, Dr. Michael Unger, and he's from uh canada Uh, he gave me a great interview after he got out of uh, line ordering a coffee uh on that day and he said he he said a few really interesting things uh to me he said he discouraged parents from uh pressing their children into the mask debate while they are at school and he said that's because of something you touched on earlier and that is often it's not the child's choice um, so if, if my parents tell me to wear a mask and I'm wearing my mask, um, don't don't have your students you know, approach me uh, who's just obeying something my parents told me to do and spark up this argument over whether or not to wear a mask. He said that you know, children, we don't want to encourage children to sacrifice their relationships based on something that's really not uh, in, their, in their control. And then he went on to say that the the conversation should be about um, personal responsibility, uh, taking risks with with your body uh, or not taking risks, and also um, uh, just being a good uh, neighbor in the social contract. So what he said was this is really a good opportunity to give your kids life skills and, and interaction skills uh, that can carry on into adulthood. Uh, similar conversations that you might have about the risks of uh, uh, taking illicit drugs or having uh, 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 you know sex as a teenager or a minor these issues come up and this um, you know kind of follow falls along uh, those lines this is what we think this is what we think you know we want you to do and what you ought to do, but um, while you're not around us, we can't control you. Uh, But these are the decisions we hope you would make um, because they're, you know, they're beneficial to you. So he said, try to be straightforward in these conversations. No matter where you are at uh, in this debate, try to set aside any of your own personal anxieties as a parent. don't give in to uh, uh, hyperbole because then what happens is it makes the child upset and anxious and they they carry that into school on on either side of of the debate.
0: And if I might ask you a follow-up on that, I believe Dr. Unger gave you a really great explanation of how adults should model Behavior, especially when it comes to squabbles over masks and how that might filter down to, to uh, the children, uh, can you explain what he said on that as far as how adults should essentially set a good example?
3: Sure. Yeah. He's he said that we he said that parents tend to think that children are constantly resisting them uh, when, in actuality, children are constantly taking their cues from their parents, and so. If you as a parent are worked up over this, hyped up over this, uh, buying into extremes on either side of the debate, that will indeed trickle down to the kids and they're, they're going to walk away uh, feeling that and perhaps even uh, communicating that way uh, to, their, to their classmates and their, and their teachers. Uh, So we said we have to be very aware of how we uh, talk about this issue at home because they they really are looking to uh, parents as as the example.
0: All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us this week. We really appreciate your time and thank you for diving into what's been such a a touchstone issue in our community and, and around the world. And to our listeners, thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahomans' subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at Oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.